Hi, this is Kenya from My Magical Cottage Core Life, and today we're going to talk about something that you may not know, but you should probably want to know if you find yourself wondering about Detroit history and about the history of Northern America, and that is the tamarack tree, and also known as the larch, and it's really a very important tree, not only to practical reasons and medicinal reasons, but also spiritually as well. So take out your big book of stuff and let's get ready to talk about the tamarack tree. Now, I want you to take a moment to to decide whether or not you only want to put one name in there. Because again, it's T for tamarack, but also L for larch. So if it's an alphabetical, you know, order, that could throw you for a loop. So maybe double the entry. Okay, let's get started. Now, I'd like to take a moment to point out that I pronounce the tree's name tamarack, but in general, if you want to be correct, you should call it tamarack. Yeah, I'm calling it tamarack because that's what I grew up in, you know, as far as the culture and that's the way the dialect, you know, stresses it. More of an accent, not a dialect. So the tamarack tree or tamarack, um, it's actually really tall. It grows for about 180 years around here and there's not many left around Metro Detroit, but there are a few. And what wound up happening uh, in the 17 and 1800s when Detroit was really growing very strongly. And when I say Detroit, I mean this whole territory, the Michigan territory. It was at one point Ohio territory, but we don't speak of the dark days. We had a whole war about the Detroit Toledo War, and we'll talk about that one day. Michigan proud. Anyway, so around this whole territory. And one of the things they did was for uh, sewerage and for water, they used tamarack trees because they are very good in water. As a matter of fact, there is evidence and actual oral history and current use of the decoys for duck hunting being used uh, that were made from tamarack trees by the indigenous here. You know, the people whose land that we're on, you know, just pointing it out. And um, those decoys are still being used today. It's a very hardy wood, very long lasting, but you might not recognize it when you see it. So let's talk about what it looks like. So when you first see it, you might think it's a pine tree until you get a look at it. And it is a deciduous tree. It is a conifer, but you really have to look at it because you won't see those needles on the tree or those needle-like leaves in the wintertime. You're not going to see it. So that's one of the first clues if you're in an area for a few years and you think something might be a pine tree or an evergreen and you see it's not an evergreen, you might want to get a closer look at it. And again, they lived for about 180 years up, you know, in ideal conditions and they grow in stands. That means they kind of grow like in like this little leafy gang of, of, of trees together. Okay. And I mean gang in a, in a good way, not in a bad way. You know, they're not running around, you know, bullying squirrels and chipmunks, you know, shaking down the possums and, you know, 
getting in cahoots with the, the blue jays and the raccoons on what they can do no it's, it's not that kind of gang but they do hang out in stands together and usually they're stands of just them so that's another way to recognize the tamarack and you can actually look it up online or in books at the library because the books are wonderful and we love books here and get a look at what you should be looking for as far as the leaf shape and as far as the wood itself and by the way those things grow right out of the bark right onto the limb so it's a little bit different as well it's difficult for me to truly explain it to you without showing you an image i may post an image in the shire so be on the lookout for that today so let's talk a little bit more about it Now, there's something really unique about this tree that I just find absolutely delightful, and that is the cone. Remember, I said it's a deciduous tree, I said it was a conifer, and you know, again, that means it has cones. The second part does, not the first part. And the cones are really cool because the first year, they're actually not tan at all and they're not pale green you know how usually they come out you know from conifers and they're like a little tan or a little greenish no they come out pink i'm not even kidding you they come out like this pinkish red and they're really cute they're super adorable and i wish i had a skirt in that color with pockets always with pockets and so i really i really um think that would be another way to actually discern it from a regular pine tree that might be in your area or a fir or any other kind of um conifer tree i think you really should check it out also the next thing you want to look at you know is how long the cone is on there because it's not on there just for you know just for a little while it changes color um, you really, really should look this up. There, there's not enough time in this podcast for me to really get into how enamored I am with the colors of this particular pine cone, which is not a cone, but it's a seed cone, which I said pine cone, and I'm so sorry, it's not a pine tree at all, but it is a cone, and it is so absolutely gorgeous. I'm beginning to wonder if I could could find one and snag it in this area. I haven't seen any in this area, but we'll see what we can do. Okay, so, but the thing is, what you need to remember also is that it's not just cool to look at. There's some other things involved with love it on this tree. So several different indigenous nations and, and societies used this particular tree. So I can't just say, oh, well, only these people used it or only these people used it. But I can give you some information on different groups and what they did do. So since if I really had to pick how many people I interact with um, over the last few years, I would say the majority of indigenous people that I interact interact with are people of the three fires and specifically I'm going to talk about the Potawatomi now the Potawatomi would use the inner bark as a poultice now that doesn't mean they've stopped they're still here okay the Potawatomi are still here so you can use that especially for infections another thing you would see is that the Cree which is a different group, okay, different people, they would use a tea from the buds, you know, to help, you know, if you need to spit some stuff out, you know, yeah, you have a hacking cough, you need to cough some stuff up. 
you would use that. And then the needles and the bark from several indigenous nations. And I always pick them first because they are the people with the original instructions of this particular continent on how to take care of it. So we're here now and it's our job to learn, but they have the original instructions. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. So they would use it as a fumigant. So they would burn the needles and uh, the bark together to fumigate an area, to cleanse an area uh, of, you know, just nasty, general nastiness and disinfect area, you know, the air around an area. So that's really good to know. So if you have that tree around you, cherish it because there's a lot of stuff you can do. It also was used in other kinds of applications. I am not a doctor. I do not portray myself as a doctor nor as a naturopath. Therefore, I have come, you know, covered myself. But if you want to find out more about the medicinal properties, I recommend you look it up. All right, so let's get to the next portion. Remember I said that we could learn a little bit about history when we look at this tree? Well, we can. Because remember when we were talking about those pipes that were used in the Michigan Territory? Did you know that even now, even now, in downtown Detroit and some areas on the river, there are little areas where those tanks, excuse me, where those pipes still have wooden pipes? Now, I know you may not believe me, but it's true. Every once in a while, some old area of Detroit will be under construction and, you know, a pipe will fail. And when they have to go in and repair it, guess what? It's very rare. It doesn't happen every day, obviously. But yes, you still do have situations occur where an old pipe system will break down and they will go in and they will find wooden tamarack tree pipes. And that's just amazing to me. Look at how long those things actually lasted. I mean, that is just, that's mind-blowing. That is, to me, it is. But, you know, maybe not to you, but it is to me. Just wanted to point it out. But let's look at the medicinal properties um, on an energetic level, shall we? So when I look at this tree, I think as far as energetically, and this is just my take on it, the tamarack is really an emotionally uplifting and an emotionally enduring tree. Because, yeah, I know, it's it's not as, you know, steady in its appearance as an evergreen would be, but it rolls with the punches. And when it gets 65 degrees below, the tamarack is still here. Um, it's been used for generations by people for you know very special honored traditions regarding goose hunting and duck hunting and to me it's one of those trees that grows in the places where other trees may not survive it is often found in swampy areas Um, it's also known as the swamp tree if you really want to get into one of its common names i mean think about it to exist for so long that generation upon generation will actually seek you out and, you know, make a friend of you as one of the standing ones and just, you know, just kind of like vibe with you. 
okay now I'm really starting to sound like my daughter vibe with you but it's true I mean even the 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 thin strips of the bark can be made in the medicine bags I mean come on now I'm talking about for medicinal herbs you know it's it's I guess it just kind of blows me away that it's one of the trees that people are losing the ability to identify and they're using the ability to acknowledge as being a vital part of our ecosystem. You know, I get into these talks in um, other forums on other platforms and I give nature teachings and it's one of the trees that I want to cover and I really am sad because many people may have never seen this tree in their life. So I would say energetically it would be a tree of endurance and healing. By the way, it's good for burns, so I think it carries also a lot of water energy. (laughs) Just pointing that out. So I guess there's one more thing. that one more thing is for us to get ready to say goodbye. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have learned some trivia maybe or something of practical use. Get outside, get outdoors, maybe, you know, make an exploration event and see if you can find some tamarack trees. Contact the Department of Natural Resources here in Michigan or in your state if it's in our area of Great Lakes and maybe you can find a stand of those trees to actually observe, make a sketch, take a picture, put it in your book of stuff, you know? There's nothing wrong with making your own book of stuff and your own photo gallery um, in print. You can print these things out. You know, while the phone and electronics are great, there's something a little bit different about having it in your hand and on a shelf and you can sit down with your loved ones or yourself and contemplate it or put a child in your lap and go through it or read it to someone else and show it to someone who can't hold the book on their own you know it's 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 a thing it's it's something that's a blessing to be able to do so if you have that opportunity i highly encourage you to maybe take advantage of it i love sharing these kinds of subjects with my friends and we're friends right So I look forward to seeing you next time here on My Magical Cottagecore Life.